Welcome to Gaia's Consciousness Podcast, expanding your mind and spirit. Learn even more at Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Your journey begins here. There is a very famous ad campaign that says, Got Milk? I believe we need to have a new ad campaign that says, Got Energy? I am Randy Weitenheimer, and I believe nothing is going to heal you more than the energy you create for and from your current reality. In this episode, I will go through the practices and understanding of feeding your own energy field. Hopefully, this will help you obtain optimal health and well-being. Let's discuss how this works. Most people lack energy and are unable to maintain an optimal existence in reality. Lack of energy manifests as illness, problems, and issues. They show up in the body as internal conflict when your energy doesn't match the incoming energy or information. All functions of the body operate on electron flow, on energy. If you don't have enough, then these systems experience phenomena similar to having a dimmer switch on that particular aspect of your existence. In an article published by the University of Maryland recently, they talk about energy in the body this way. The elements in our body, like sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium, have a specific electrical charge. This is the chemical basis for life that they're promoting. Almost all of our cells can use these charged elements called ions to generate electricity. That is true, but there's also outside energy flows that also contribute to our overall energy content. The contents of the cell are protected from the outside environment by a cell membrane. Our energy field is protected by a similar membrane. I have given it the name of a event horizon. Just like your skin is the limit of your physical existence, your event horizon, the absolute limit of your electronic or electromagnetic field is also a barrier to other information or other energy flows. The cell membrane is made up of lipids and they create a barrier that only certain substances can cross to reach the cell interior. Why don't we think of the human body and the human energy field in the same way? Why wouldn't we set up our energy field and do practices that allow for the energetic interaction that occurs at the limit of our energy field to be selective and to not allow that which is destructive, whether it be a flu virus or whether it be a negative thought? Not only does the cell membrane function as a barrier to molecules, it also acts as a way for the cell to generate electrical currents. And this is also true of your electromagnetic field. Your interactions create an electrical flow through your own electrical circuits, your own electrical currents through the body. And 
that is the source of a large part of our energy that comes from outside us. But there's also energy created inside us. Resting cells are negatively charged on the inside. If you're negatively charged on the inside of your energy field, what are you going to attract? You attract negativity. Like attracts like. While the outside environment is more positively charged, while this may be true in ourselves, it may not be true in our environment. The tendency is for humans to have a negatively charged environment. It's very rare that you see somebody who exists in a positively charged environment inside and out. It is a natural occurrence up to about six years old, but then we tend to lose it. So it becomes something that we have to look for, something to be sought out in the form of gurus, in the form of teachings, in the form of practices. The attempt in all of these things is to find some sort of balance. So, we look at what goes on in the cells, we can say the same thing for the human energy field. There are slight imbalances, there's a tendency to be positive or negative. Cells can achieve this charge separation by allowing charged ions to flow in and out through the membrane. So let's think about that as the mind itself. The mind receives and transmits thoughts of a positive and negative nature. The flow of charges across the cell membrane is what generates electrical currents. If we look at that, we can say the charges and flow of energy across the human energy field creates our thoughts and our emotions. Cells control the flow of specifically charged elements across the membrane with proteins that sit on the cell surface and create and operate for certain ions to pass through. This is called cellular receptivity and receptor sites. We do the same thing. We come with a set of programs or acquire those programs that determine what cellular openings, what receptor sites are available to us. And it's why we reject certain concepts or ideas or things or foods just outright. This is the right concept, but ions are not life force. They're just a different energy form. So what is life force compared to ionic flow, neutrino flow, and electron flow, and particle physics and similar components? Life force cannot be defined by particle physics. It is the finite describing the infinite. Mainstream science seems intent on breaking apart the universe into smaller and smaller parts. If we take an entire human being, we would break it down into organs, and then we would break it down into molecules, and from molecules to atoms, and from atoms to subatomic, and from subatomic to quantum flow and quantum information flows, quantum energy flows, then we would now get to subquantum. And if we keep going, we get to dark energy, and at that point, you've lost everybody because how the whole functions is really life force and it is a part of consciousness and it is an aspect of the universe that all these things do not explain. While you can separate out 
those type of energy forces and flows in the body, you cannot say that they are the reason or the source of our existence. As a healer, we work with life force. We may work with all the different energies that are referred to in fourth level physics, particle physics, quantum physics, but ultimately we're working with life force. It's a different energy. It may be inclusive of everything we've talked about, but is not separate. And it is also not complete with the level of physics we currently understand. What's interesting is that around the world, other people have approached this from different viewpoints. Konstantin Karatkov in Russia and some of his associates have decided to work with life force itself. They've done it with people who have extreme physical issues. Maybe they were born without eyesight. And yet, as part of their studies, they were able to develop in a person the ability to see using their life force, using their energy field. Additional studies they did were on dead people. The idea that there is energy in the body and that its form has some sort of existence, some sort of physicality, which is not explained just in the physical nature of the soul, but as an etheric form as an energy form that exists prior to and after you die. He wants to find the receptacle for life. Constantine's efforts and experiments are very good reading. They're something that I think people should become familiar with in the same way Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote on Death and Dying. These are all subjects that explore the life force. They don't explore quantum physics as it applies to human beings. So why is this important for you to know? Because if you know you can start to separate your body energy from life force energy, you can separate zero and one reality. I use this as a viewpoint to say, if you can step back to where you can look and see zero reality, your thoughts, your feelings, what kind of behavior you're exhibiting, and then look at the physical reality around you, you have an ability to interact with them greater than if you cannot adopt that viewpoint of being an observer. So how do you separate the energy that flows through the body versus the energy that you express through the body? Viewpoint, the be able to step back and observe yourself. It's one of the primary requirements if you're going to pursue any kind of enlightenment or any kind of understanding of really what it means to exist. The highest form of enlightenment is to recognize energy as its existence, not as its presence. This is something that you would have to sit and study and try to come to some understanding of. Life force is neither created or destroyed. It is only transformed. And we are the vessel or vehicle 
for how that energy comes into the universe and how it is spread out or transformed when we express it. We take raw life force and I express it as Randy. You take raw life force and express it as yourself. And you can do this better by developing an internal landscape that includes the infinite, the infinite energy of the universe as your potential. This means realizing that you are one with the Creator. If you don't do this, you are absent of the Creator and you are separate from the true self. And what can happen is long-term deficiencies equal illness or failure of the systems in the body because of the blocking or lack of flow of life force. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. Hidden truth. Why in the media today? They still seem to hold back on these incredible stories. Behind an unknown universe. Where science and spirituality all come together. Gaia.com. Content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. To get out of your separation, you can change your interactions. You can have interactions with the body. You can have interactions with your environment. This is one of the steps you can take that ultimately lead to some transformation of your consciousness and your ability to express your life force. All self-help books are in some way trying to remove the blocks or trying to give you a program that lets you move forward in life. But if you are truly yourself, you really don't need them. Physical exercises, martial exercises, mental exercises, all of these things are energy flows. It's ultimately all we can say. We give meaning to them, and we'll call them emotional interactions, we'll call them mental interactions, we'll call it love, we'll call it everything in the universe, and all we're referring to is the level of consciousness of the expression of the energy that flows and comes out of us. The energy that flows into us is 100% life force. The energy that flows out of us is one that is colored or filtered through our emotions, through our habits, through our programming, through our memory more than anything. We experience an increase of energy because of interactions and relationships. And that is something that if we can take a viewpoint of non-judgment, we take a viewpoint of stepping back and ultimately to have the viewpoint of the observer and to be able to listen and to be able to see our environment without our input of our experiences and our history and our memory gives us a pure sight into life itself. To be fully human, to be energized, is to be able to use people, plants, animals, ideas, thoughts, 
feelings, interactions, to be able to use everything as a mirror, as a reflection of life itself, not just you, but life itself. And to be able to look in those mirrors and go, oh, this is what's going on. And this is how it applies to me. That is to be able to separate yourself long enough to be able to make changes in direction. If you're sick, see yourself being sick. If you're happy, see yourself being happy. Just the seeing of yourself creates a change in your electromagnetic frequency. It creates a change in your vibration. It creates a change in your consciousness. So now that you know some ways to activate your life force, you need to be able to be cautious of using other people's life force to increase yours. We call these energetic vampires. I think everybody out there knows somebody who fits that bill. How do you find out who's an energetic vampire? It's the easiest thing in the world. It refers to your etheric field. It refers to your limbic field or limbic system in the body. It refers to your proximity sense. All three of these things react to a negative energy flow, no matter what its form is. So all you have to do is ask yourself, when you meet somebody or think something or see something, do I feel better or do I feel worse? Do I feel energized or do I feel de-energized? It's a simple thing. But what it does is start allowing you to recognize the universe and the environment you live in. And out of recognition can come understanding. You don't need negative people in your life. I love that. Actually, you do. Negative people allow you to examine yourself. You just don't need to hang out with them. Because the loss of energy can result in depression or anxiety in yourself. If you do not have enough energy and you attempt to help others, you will become energetically bankrupt. We call them enablers. It's people who are enablers. They keep bankrupting their own energy field to help somebody else, generally somebody who either doesn't want to be helped or can't be helped. But we do it out of programs of they're my family, or they're my relations, or there's somebody I feel like I need to help. All of these statements reflect a negative state of consciousness. They reflect that you are also needing energy because you get energy from helping others. That's true. But that's an ego help. That's an ego energy flow. And it's not sustainable. The only thing sustainable is your connection to the life force of the universe. And you should devote yourself to some practice that allows you to number one, be yourself, number two, be connected to yourself, and out of that position to be able to be connected to the universe and to the entire flow of energy of life itself. This is being selfish. You need to be selfish. 
The selfish self in our society, we're programmed that that's kind of a horrible human being. But really, to be selfish is to take care of yourself. It is to be energized. It is find some sort of joy about being alive and being happy instead of relating to your problems and relating to other people's problems. If you are joyful about your own existence, you have energy, you have excess energy. We see it in all people that are joyful. Those people have the greatest potential to help somebody, not if you're down and out, now if you're in a negative emotional state or a negative environment. There's lots of books and lots of teachers on this. You need to be able to help yourself before helping others. Most negative drains on the energy field itself are the result of the emotions, primarily and the thoughts secondarily, not the efforts of the physical body. Emotions will drain you. They will totally leave you on the floor with no energy. And the recovery time can be days, it can be weeks. Thinking will do the same thing. If you've ever studied late into the night, your actual mental processes will wear you out. You will burn off all the water in the body. Your brain will become dehydrated. It is not even energy at that point. Your physicality has lost its presence and ability to transfer energy from the field through yourself and out as an expression of your activity. These are energy statements and assessments of your energy existence, your life force. Proposing a new model of reality where emotions can live requires recognition. Just the act of recognition that emotions are not us gives you an opportunity to advance yourself in life and to not be so participatory against your will. You are an evolutionary space-time event. This is existence that finds form in life. Your evolution will always come first, but you must have a recognition of your ego identity and know that it is not the totality of your existence. When you recognize your emotions, you don't participate in them to the extent that you lose your identity and consciousness and you're only left with your ego. And then you can have a conversation with your ego. This is important because this is the step of recognition and the step of observation. It is also a place. If you can develop that place in your consciousness where you can observe yourself, Two of the first exercises that I give people is to be able to see yourself, to see yourself as you are and see yourself as you interact with everything in your environment. This is the ability to learn from yourself. In the same way, to be able to hear yourself, listen to what you say to people, listen to what other people say. Listen to the sounds of the universe, whether they be music or plants or anything else. This is how you learn. So understanding the difference between body energy and life force. Body energy is your expression of life force. Life force is independent and flows through the human body. 
It is important so that you know how much energy you really have. You can either not have enough input or you can have too much output. This is balance. This is the second martial art I teach. And it directly refers to how much energy you have and how much energy you express. Once you know how much energy you have, you can use it to heal yourself, particularly if you have excess, particularly if you take the time to not express energy in an outward fashion, but to actually stop, to put a hold on the expression of that energy. Sometimes we call it meditation. Sometimes we call it contemplation. But in these states, you actually still flow energy, life force through yourself, but you're not expressing all of it. The excess becomes available to you. So really, it's not to not express energy, to not interact, to hold back. It's really to give yourself some time to develop a charge, to charge your body up, to charge yourself up, to not restrict yourself and the flow of that life force through you so that when the opportunity occurs, you're able to express yourself in the best way you can, which is being yourself. The other things we covered today was to identify the biggest strain of our life force, which is emotions. With the ability to control our participation, then we can control our life force itself. Thank you for joining me. I hope I was able to shed some light on recognizing your emotional body as a separate system of consciousness and in doing so, help you control it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Consciousness Podcast. Learn even more at Gaia.com and watch interviews, movies, and original series all to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Gaia. Watch. Belong. Transform.